All right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. We are blessed every time we're able to come together and able to share God's word and just talk about God's word and see what he's, what he's, what he has to say to us. Um, you know, that is what we truly want. That's what we should truly want is to hear a word from the Lord. It's the word of the Lord that is going to uphold us. It's the word of the Lord that is going to correct us. It is the word of the Lord that is going to direct us. And uh, because of that, we never want to be found uh, resistant to the word of God. Um, many things in life um, disappoint us, come in, and we don't feel so great about those things. And it's easy to um, um, to get discouraged and become hard-hearted uh, as it concerns the Word of God, um, feeling like hey, I'm, I've been doing this all this time, and I, I don't think it's really paying off. Or why am I going through all of this? Don't don't let the devil trick you into any of that. The way of God is still the only way that matters, and it still is the only way that counts. So stick in there, stay in there. God's got you. He's not going to let you go. Um, we began um, a lesson last week um, talking about um, abandonment. Um, we are back in um, Psalms 27. And for your reading, for someone that will get this and may not have a uh, Bible, let me go ahead and read our base uh, scripture text. We are in the book of uh, Psalms, and we are um, studying chapter 27. And the word of God says this, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation. Verse number 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So look at 11 and 12. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing, as always, to the reading and the hearing.
and the doing of his word. And what we're talking about is this uh, concept of grace for the abandoned or finding grace in abandonment. We started talking about this last week. Um, the scripture that we are pri that we were primarily um, working from, amen, um, Psalms 27, and look at verse number 10. The word of God says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. We talked about last week how the word forsake in this text is the same word, amen, or carries the same meaning as the word forsake meant in verse number nine. In verse number nine, if you go back one, and um, David says, hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger, um, thou has been my help, leave me not. Here he goes, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. So in this text, um, in verse number nine, we first run across that word forsake. And we talked about what it meant in the context of verse number nine, because the word forsake had a variety of meanings, okay? On one hand, it means to abandon, okay? Amen. To leave behind. That's what abandon means. But on the other hand, it also has an agricultural term or meaning behind it as well, which is to uh, leave fallow. Okay, and so we talked about in lessons past this concept or this 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 what the Bible teaches about fallow ground. Amen. And we learned about that there's a positive and a negative side to that. And I'm not going to go into all of that. I invite you to go back to the podcast or go back to the um, to the Zoom link that you that you may have received. And I invite you to uh, look at all of those. The podcast has every single lesson on there. Faith Walkers um, podcast. And you can you can read you can go back and familiarize yourself with that. So if you're missing that, but but today I want to make um, some progress with that. So the, 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 we learned that forsake um, or um, had those two meanings, abandon, and then it also meant to leave fallow. And in the lessons past, we dealt with the leave leaving fallow. But when we get to verse number 10, we actually pick up the second meaning or the, the first meaning. In fact, fallow is the secondary meaning um, of that word um, forsake. Amen. So the agric agricultural term or usage of that is really the secondary um, is really the secondary um, 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 meaning for that uh, for that word. Um, the primary meaning for that word, uh, amen, is that of to leave abandoned or okay or to to leave behind. Okay. Now, when we get to verse number ten, the word of God says, "When my father and my mother." forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When we get to verse number 10, and we pick up that word fallow, what we are doing, and we said this on last week, I'm going to say this again, we are picking up the, 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 the other meaning of the word, which is to abandon. David here is literally talking about being abandoned. Now, obviously, you need to understand at this point, David is a grown man at this point. Amen. Glory to God. David is 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 king. He is grown at this point. He is a full fledged adult, 
at, at, at this point. And yet in verse number 10, he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, you understand David at this point is, a, is more than likely he's a father himself. David has his own family. David has all of these, all of these responsibilities of himself. But in verse number 10, he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. We talked a little bit about the, the relationship of father and mother. And what we said was, was that David used one of the strongest connections that he could in order to illustrate a point. Amen. Amen. One of the strongest connections um, and one that is universal. We said, note that David didn't say when my wife forsake me, he didn't say none of that. Amen. He didn't, he did not highlight the marital relationship because although that is um, perhaps one the most one of the most intimate um, connection that there is or can be perhaps uh, depending on who you talk who to you talk to some would argue that it's the that it's the parent child relationship others would argue that it is the that it's the husband wife relationship it doesn't matter don't split hairs and, and and I and I encourage you don't go all off into a rabbit trail and 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 focusing on things that don't matter but 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 it is worth noting that David does not highlight the marital relationship but instead he highlights the parental relationship and there's a reason behind that is what we said the reason is is that the marital relationship is not universal amen let me say that again the marital relationship is not universal. David is making a point. God is using David to make a point. And the parental relation, excuse me, and the marital relationship is not always present. It's not universal. It's, 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 it, it's not universal. It's not universal. Listen, it's not universal in the, in the natural and it's not universal in the spirit either. It's not universal, the marital relationship. Amen. Let me give you, let me, let me, let, let me explain what I, what I mean by that. Amen. Anyone who is not in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, what do I mean by that? I mean that you're not saved according to the Bible. How, what does the Bible say? Read Acts chapter two, start at verse 36, keep going. And that is your instruction on what you need to do in order to be saved. It is the clearest instruction in the Bible that lays it out plain for you to be saved. Amen. Acts chapter two. This is not rocket science. Acts chapter two. Start at verse 36 and read all the way through. And everything that you read in there, you, that, that's done, you got to do. Everything that, 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 <laughs> that they get, you got to get. They get the Holy Ghost, you got to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everything. All of it. Okay. Now, God uses David to illustrate a point here. Amen. And I told you that even in the spirit, he doesn't use the marital relationship because it's not because it's the most intimate, but it is not universal. And I said that it's not universal in the natural and it's not universal in the spirit. In the natural, not everybody will get married. There are individuals that never marry. So the marital relationship is not universal for every person. It's also not universal in the spirit. Why? 
Because when we come to Christ and we are born again, according to scripture, we become part of the bride of Christ. <laughs> Glory, we, we're the bride of Christ. And there's a marriage ceremony that's going to take place in the spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. But if you are not baptized in water, born again, according to the scripture, you're not part of the bride. Thus, you're not getting married. That spiritual marriage between the church and the Lamb of God, that's not going to be for you. So as you can see, the marital relationship is not universal. But what we said is, is that while the marital relationship is not universal, and yet perhaps one of the, the strongest relationship there is, the most intimate, definitely the most intimate relationship there is, or can be, the runner-up, the, 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 the next in line relationship, but one that is universal would be the parental one. Now, it does not mean in that you are, that, that it doesn't mean that you have an active parent teaching you right from wrong. That's not what we're talking about. But there is a relationship that you inherit on the strength of being born. If a man or a woman is born on this earth, they have a mother or and a father, whether they know them or not, whether they were involved in their life or not. That's not the point. Okay. So he uses the strong universal relationship. He says, when my father and my mother forsake me. Amen. Now, I also told you that it's not exclusive. Don't get hung up on the fact that he just says, that he says father and mother. Amen. Because the first part of the reason for that is to highlight, the, uh, or a, to highlight a universal relationship or a connection. Amen. But for different people, brothers and sisters, different people have served in the place of a mother and father. Not everybody's, not everyone grows up with their mom or their dad. Not everyone has them in their life. And then some of them have them in their life and they just no good. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. There are some no good fathers. And there are some no good mothers out there. Terrible in every way. Need to be saved, need to be redeemed. And we'll talk a little bit about some of that um, in a little while. But, but nevertheless, there are some who have situations similar to that. And so it has been somebody else that has served as in the role of mother and father. This is the person that guides you. This is the one that teach. This is the one that, that, that instructs you. Okay. And so we said that David highlights 
mother and father. But what he's really highlighting is, is that what he's highlighting is, is, is that everybody has somebody. That means something to them. That's important. This is the person that that that's close to you. It's mother and father, but it's but but really, it's really here to highlight the fact that it's the closest relation. It's one of it's the close. It's the person that or the individual that is the closest to you. But close in a way that's unique and separate and different than anyone else. That's why we highlight, that's why what's highlighted is mother and father, because it's a universal connection, right? But it is also one of, it, it also alludes to one of the closest relationship. But the reality is, is that everyone's close relationship is not with an actual mother or father. It could be an uncle, it could be an aunt, it could be a friend, it could be somebody else. So what David, what God wants you to know or to come away with is, is that it's a person who is closest to you who abandons you for whatever reason. Last week we talked about we put people on pedestals and they don't mean to abandon us, but because we put them in a position and we didn't make room for them to be human and we didn't make room for them to drop the ball, when they do drop the ball, we didn't know how to how to navigate that. We didn't know how to negotiate that. So so we walked away more hurt than we should have. And then we also talked about some individuals where we got people in places that they shouldn't even be in. They should have never been in that place in our lives in the first place. We allowed the wrong type of people to get close to us in the wrong type of way. And then when that person decides that they're going to leave, they're going to split, and they was always going to leave because they was the wrong person. They wasn't going to stay anyway. But when that person, when that, when that relationship leaves, exits the stage of your life, you found yourself, I found myself more hurt than I should have been. What do you mean, Brother Walker, more hurt than you should have been? I was more hurt than I should have been because I shouldn't have been hurt at all. Why? Because that person was the wrong person. And sometimes we, we promote people, the wrong people, in our circles to the most esteemed positions in our lives, those of counselor and advisor. You got to be careful who you're getting instruction from. You got to be careful who you're listening to. Man, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, some people, they're not worth your time listening to. They don't have anything to say. They themselves have been led astray, and any advice they give you is going to lead you astray. Jesus told us plain. If the blind follow the blind, shall they not both fall in a ditch? If you ain't got a clue, your next move is to follow somebody that do have a clue, not somebody just like you. If I don't have a clue, my next move is to find somebody that got a clue, not find somebody just like me. Because if I can't help myself, 
and you can't help yourself. Then how are we going to help each other? If you follow me, you're going to get messed up. And if I follow you, you're going to get, I'm going to get messed up. But we elevate people to our to these positions in our lives that are not worthy. People who are never going to stick around in the first place. And then when they leave, we all broke up and hurt and bent out of shape. And we can't go on and the, the, all the color in the, in the sky, it, it, it go from blue to gray. All the grass lose its color. And then the world just becomes just, just gray. Because when that person left, we feel like they took a piece of us with them. But the reality is you, shouldn't have given, you should not have given them a piece of you in the first place. Amen. I know that that's, 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 that can be tough. Because many of us are guilty of that. Some of you who are listening to this or will listen to this, you better listen up here. You, you, you got the wrong circle. You running in the wrong circles. You got the wrong friends. You are hanging around the wrong people. I, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you Candyland, and I'm not going to give you, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the most magical place on earth and all that other kind of foolishness. I'm going to tell you what thus saith the Lord. And I'm going to tell you right now, you are hanging around people. You are entertaining people that are headed to hell and you are on your way to hell right along with them. Most people never become who they want to be. They become who they hang around. You keep, inter you keep playing with fire. These people that want to do just a little bit of the stuff that you know you got no business doing. And they lead you astray. You know the word of God is calling you to holiness. But you keep hanging around people that want to smoke a little and drink a little and have a little premarital sex and a little this and a little that. And all the while it's infecting you. And because you keep entertaining it, Satan is wearing down your defenses. Trying to get you to walk in the spirit of compromise. Where you say a little of this ain't going to hurt. It'll be all right. We, we can do a little of this. We can do a little of that. But the Bible says to him that know to do good and don't do it is sin. Don't let people take you to hell. Don't let the devil take you to hell. And my goodness, don't let your out of control desires, appetites, and lust take you to hell. You got to get that under the blood. You got to repent of that sin. You got to go to God and you got to trust God and you've got to use the word. It's not a thing of just trusting God. No. 
God wants you to trust him enough to believe that his word works. Therefore, you take the word and you use the word. Because faith without works, better listen up, it's still dead. It's still dead. Because it's alone. It's incomplete. They're both supposed to come in the same package. But you're spiritually shoplifting. You open up the package and taking out what you want and you're leaving the rest. When you didn't have to steal in the first place, he said, come and buy milk and honey without price. That's what that word says. You're stealing the parts that you want. When God is offering you everything for free. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need those folks. Just pray for them and leave them alone. They don't deserve to be in your circle. They don't, they're not your counselors. They're not your, they're, they're not your leaders. Follow God. Don't you ever put so much trust in and faith in a man. That you lose sight of putting your faith and your trust in God. I don't want you to trust me. I want you to entrust me to God. Look to God to keep me. I look to God to, tr to keep you. I know it can sound kind of rough. I don't trust you on the strength of you. I trust God for you. I don't distrust you. Why? Because you're a man just like me. You are a human being just like me. And if I be and if I'm real, I got faults. I dropped the ball. So guess what? I got to make room for you to have faults and drop the ball. And I need God to pick me up when I do that. And you know, you know less are going to need God to pick you up. So I do better trusting God for you. Because then he can keep me in a state where I retain the right attitude and mindset concerning you. Even during the times where I might expect more out of you, but you drop the ball. And this works vice versa. Hope you see how that works. Hope you see how that works. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff this morning. Amen. That is good stuff this morning. Abandonment issues, we said, arise when an individual has a strong fear of losing someone or losing a loved one, loved ones. A fear of abandonment is a form of 
anxiety. That's what it is, okay? Fear of abandonment or, or dealing with somebody who some, sometimes they'll say this person has abandonment syndrome or something like that. You can hear all kinds of different terms out there. But when you're talking about it, this, this fear of abandonment, it's a form of anxiety. And remember this, the word of God says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. The word of God says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Amen. And abandonment is a form of anxiety. Amen. It often begins in many times for a lot of people. Let's let's just let's uncover this. If in a lot of people, anxiety, um, there's a lot of people who've done a lot of different studies and different things on anxiety because it's 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 this is not a, just a spiritual con. This is a real thing out there. Okay, people, you know. You know, a lot of people, you know, um, work with therapists and all kinds of different things and stuff to try to overcome anxiety um, or the, the, the effects of anxiety. And we'll talk a little bit about those different things. Um, it, you know, it's a form of, of, of anxiety. And oftentimes what people who've studied this and, and who've looked into this type of thing have discovered, what a lot of people have discovered, now this is not, um, this is not um, across the board. This is, this is, but in many cases, it does happen like this. And it often begins in childhood. Amen. And oftentimes it begins when, uh, when, a, when, a, when, a when as a child, that child experiences a, tra a traumatic loss or some sort of traumatic event, you understand? But usually it's a traumatic event that results in loss, okay? Specifically centered around loss, okay? That could be um, somebody leaving, that could be your parent leaving, that could be someone passing away, but loss, okay? It could be a friend, it could be all, it, it doesn't matter, but a close relationship, okay? One that the child saw value in or had a value for, amen, okay? And, and, um, and, um, and when that child experiences that traumatic loss and, and, what happens is, is that when people, and, and that that's for children, but this same thing also happens with adults. So you don't have to be a child. This, this is, um, this can impact and does impact a lot of different people. Okay. Children who go through this experience or people who go through this experience, um, it's, it has, it's, it's been well-documented and observed. Okay. That, um, that they may begin to fear losing other important people in their lives. And I remember talking to somebody, uh, meeting someone like that who had just come through the loss of someone that was very near. Um, and I remember um, working with this pe person and, and, and encouraging this person and helping them to try to get back, um, um, get where they need to be. Because the word of God says, the strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. And it's not that I was so much stronger or anything like that, but in that, but on that moment and in that occasion, I was in the role of the stronger one at that time. See, we all flip-flop and it's going to be times where you're strong and you're able to support one another and you are your brother's keeper and you need to do what God would have you do. And you need to keep your brother and your sister. You, you look after them. 
But then it'd be other times where the where where the script will flip and you're the weak one. Okay. And you're gonna be need and you're gonna be the one in need of somebody holding your hand and guiding you through. Okay. We all need each other. And God designed it that way. We all flip-flop, we all take turns in the role of strong and weak. Amen. Amen. And so I remember working with um and 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 ministering to this to this um to this to this lady and and the and the conversation at the end of the at the end of it when it's when we started to kind of get down to the nitty-gritty of what was what was going on, it was beyond, it was beyond that they lost this person. Okay. It had moved from that. It had it had grown beyond the fear of losing that person because the person had already been lost. That person had already passed away. It was a close relationship to this lady, and it had all it had already taken place. There's nothing you can do about that. There was nothing she could do about that. Okay, that loved one, that friend, that close person was already gone. But the residual side effect of that, and where the and where the abandonment came in, that 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 abandoned uh, abandonment issues came in. It was not that that person was gone though the grief continued for that, but it was the, but it was now the focus on losing somebody else. They couldn't help but focus on the possibility that they would lose someone else. And so, and that's what anxiety, that's what abandonment issues, that's what, that's how they, that's what they are. They arise when, when an individual has a strong fear of losing someone or loved ones. And yes, they, uh, it's been well documented that many times and, and that it starts in childhood because abandonment is a form of anxiety. Amen. Now, the, you got to understand, I alluded to before, and I'll say it again, the word of God tells us, be anxious for nothing. Amen. So the word of God teaches us against falling into the pit that is abandonment or where abandonment would, fall, would be found, okay? Because it's a form of anxiety. And the Bible teaches us, it, it literally teaches us, don't operate in anxiety. So if we are able to sidestep anxiety as a whole, then you are able to sidestep all of the other things like abandonment that reside in the pit that is anxiety. When you fall in the pit of anxiety, there are a lot of emotional issues and things that come along with it. Abandonment is one of them. Now, the good thing about it is, is that whatever the, when the Lord tells you and scripture teaches you not to do something, it's never just on the strength of God saying, oh, I don't want you to do this, so just don't do that. No, 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 no. When God tell you don't do something, he give you the strength, he give you the tools, he equips you to be able to do that. He don't just tell you, listen, God don't just send you out onto the front line with no weapon and no nothing. God don't do that. Now, now absent-minded people might do that, but God don't do that. God equips you. So when the word of God tells you, don't do this, don't do that. 
Many people falter with that and fall apart because the first thing that they do is they look at themselves and they realize, I don't have the ability to do that. But when God tells you in the word, don't do something, you best believe he's not counting on just you to not do it. He already know you got a sin nature. He already know I got a, I have a failed nature. He already know I'm going to mess up. And he know you're going to mess up. That's why he give you the Holy Ghost. To help you overcome the mess up. That's why he spelled out in the scripture what you're supposed to do. Glory to God. One scripture will tell you, cast down imagination. Second Corinthians 10, three through six. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look at verse number five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having it a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Verse number five tells you, God is telling you, that is a verse that deals with your mind. He's telling you what to do with bad thoughts. He's telling you what to do when your mind starts to run here and it starts to run there. And he gives you instruction. He tells you, cast it down. He tells you, bring it into captivity. Lock it down. Throw it down. Lock it down. That's what he does. But then in another scripture, what he'll do is he'll even tell you, he'll go as far as telling you what to think on. Whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are virtue and on and on he says think on these things so when God the word of God when the word of God tells you Don't do this and don't do that. As I gave you first, second Corinthians 10 verses three through six. That's a scripture with instruction. 
that goes beyond just don't think about this. No, he tells you what to do. He first tells you that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. He then tells you that they're mighty through God, meaning that the ability that God has given you is enough to be able to do what he's getting ready to tell you to do. He's telling you how to take authority over your mind. That is what is happening in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. God is telling you, you have authority. I have given you authority, and this is how you do it. Do you want to avoid it altogether? Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what did he say? What? Think on these things. God doesn't just give you a task to control your mind and control your thought without telling you how to do it. My goodness, he spells it all out right there. I told you that the scripture teaches us very plainly not to get into anxiety, not to fall into that. Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing. That careful there. That means worry or anxiety. That's where we get that from. That's what the scripture actually says. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That word careful in there, when you break that down and get into that, Amen. It means anxious. That is where we get the scripture or we get the saying, be anxious for nothing. The scripture actually literally says, be careful for nothing. This is Philippians 4 through 6. But that word careful, when it breaks down, it come, breaks down to the word worry or anxious. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff, and these are things that you and I need to know. Abandonment tends to start when somebody experiences a traumatic loss. It could be a child. It has been observed and documented in children, but it happens with adults too. And what they begin to do is they begin to fear the loss of important people. That could be a parent, could be a family member, could be a friend. But they began to fear that. Some of the signs of abandonment, because it's a real thing. Some of the signs that a person is dealing with abandonment issues. Are not always paid attention to. but. There are signs. And if you stop and observe, you can begin to tell who's dealing with some of these things because certain things begin to show up. For example, 
giving too much or being overly eager to please. When a person is, is suffering from abandonment issues, they try to compensate. They try to take it upon themselves to make sure that that person does not leave. And many times they do that by overextending themselves. They begin to give and go and to do and uh, beyond reason. And always trying to get approval and, 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 and please the other person, hoping, wishing that if they do enough good things, maybe that will keep the person from leaving. Children really have this one. They really have that one, especially when parents split up and they leave or one is about to leave rather. Children begin to internalize the possibility of one parent leaving and walking out. They know that mom and dad are not getting along and, and having problems and all sorts of different things. And, 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 and children are not stupid. They know other people, parents have been broken up and, and have split up and they just want their family to remain a family. They want everybody to be together. And so they don't want the worst case scenario that mom leaves dad or dad leaves mom. And so that child will often many times try to overcompensate be extra good, push for perfection in everything, hoping that they, the child alone would be enough to make daddy stay or to make mama stay. Those are signs. And, and, and that's with children, but that's also with adults too. Same thing. I don't want this person to leave, so I'm going to do what I can to make sure that they don't leave. But that's too heavy of a burden for anybody to bear. Another sign of abandonment issues is jealousy in your relationship or of others. A lot of people don't realize that, but jealousy rears its ugly head when a person has abandonment issues. I don't want to be left. I don't want to be this. And I don't want, I, 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 I so I want to, and, and, and I, and your mind, I just want to keep that person to myself. I don't want to share with anyone. It's just mine. I don't want, I want to hide. I want to conceal. I want to tuck it away, hide it away, lock it away, lock them away. Keep them for myself. Another sign of, uh, of abandonment issues is those with it tend to have trouble trusting the intentions of those loved ones that are close to them. This is especially, and that, that one really, really shows up in marriages. 
you just don't can't believe the motives. And, and many times, sometimes it's justified because, um, well, the feeling of not trusting someone's intention, sometimes it's justified because you have some people who are, who are not faithful and they do a lot of different things. And so they leave a lot to be desired. But when it comes to abandonment issues, the person doesn't have to actually give any, any, any signs or do anything to warrant the distrust of the other, of the person that's dealing with that anxiety. It's just inherent with the feeling of abandonment. Somebody, that person knows somebody else's relationship that went a certain way when certain things started to, to, to happen and so on and so forth. And so this person mistakenly took everything as a sign of, of that very thing's gonna happen to them too. So now they're suspicious of everything. Abandonment. Abandonment also produces within people, they have difficulty in feeling intimate emotionally. So in other words, emotionally getting close. Some people, the way they deal with that, deal with abandonment, is that they try, is, 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 that, is that they just say, you know what, if I just push everybody away and don't let anybody get close to me, then I won't have to worry about the hurt should someone decide to leave me. Abandonment. Abandonment. Another sign of abandonment people tend to exhibit is a desire is is a need to control everything or be controlled some people just just I'll, just I'll do whatever it is you say I'll do that just don't leave just this that and the other and great harm has come from that because many people have given that power to people who don't deserve that unrighteous people, people that have taken advantage. And then some people just try to control everything. That happens a lot in marriages. You get one spouse trying to control the other. But God didn't create you to control one another. You're supposed to help one another. He did not create one to be subservient to the other. That's our own ridiculousness that we have brought into the marital union. Listen, if I got to think for the person that I have married, or I'm about to marry. If I got to do all, if I got to, if I got, if I have to think for her, she most clearly is not the one. If you got to think for him, uh-uh. 
when God gives you a wife, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and favor with the Lord. Favor with God. When God gives you what you're supposed to have, you don't have to do all that extra work. And some of you listening to this, you are running so scared and so afraid. That you don't even know if you got somebody that you have to think for. You just ain't gonna you you ain't gonna even give it a chance. You just gonna think for them on, just on GP. You gonna run everything. But when you do that, you break the order of God. That's not what He told you to do. Wife, God didn't tell you to rule your husband. Husband, God didn't tell you to be a tyrant over your wife. You're supposed to be working together. Ultimately, for the glory of God. Abandonment. Needing to control. And it's not just in marital relationship, it could be in anything. Needing control everything or 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 be control, you know, just that, whatever it takes to just don't leave. Here's the biggest, here's one of the bigger ones. Symptom of abandonment. Is that many people who deal with abandonment issues? You can tell because they kind of have a track record or a tendency in settling for unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory relationships. It means they tolerate relationships that they shouldn't be. And I'm talking about, and, and it's, listen, this does not just mean a courting relationship. No, no. Friendships. I need you to zero out and, and, and get to the highest level because this thing starts on at the higher levels and then it manifests in the lower levels. But usually the settling for unsatisfactory relationships, that usually starts in the, in, in the friendship area. Hanging around people, tolerating people in your circle that are no good. No good at all. Settling for friendship with people that just do you wrong. Settling for friendships where people just talk about you. Folks that consistently stab you in the back. 
people that haven't been a friend from day one. Yet you have bequeathed them the title of friend. But Ecclesiasticus 37 and 1 says this, every friend saith, I am his friend also. But there is a friend which is only a friend in name. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Everybody say I'm a friend. Oh, I'm friends. I'm friend with him. Oh, that's my buddy. That's my friend. That's my partner. That's, that's this and all that other kind of stuff. I, I'm his friend too. I, I, I'm friend. But you better be careful. Because the Bible says there's a friend, which is only a friend in name, meaning they are not a true friend. That's Ecclesiasticus or the book of Sarah. Chapter 37, verse number one. Glory to God. My goodness, I wish everybody had access to all of the, the scriptures that we that we have, but that's all right. I'm reading it for you. So if you don't have that, that those deuterocanical books, I'm reading it for you. Every friend saith, I am his friend also, but there is a friend which is only a friend in name. Settling for unsatisfactory relationships. Elevating the wrong person to statuses in your life that they are not worthy of. Allowing these people to become your tutors and your mentors and your instructors. Foolish individuals. Hell-bound individuals. That we take our cue from. And we base our standard, our operation on. When did the devil become the gold star standard in your life? He don't even respect you enough to use a new tactic on you. He uses the same old recycled lies with a new coat of paint. If he was fishing, then he has so little respect for you that he don't even put a worm on the hook. He just throw out a nasty old rusted hook. Why? Because you're going to bite it every time. I'm going to bite it every time. But the devil is a liar. My Bible tells me that nay in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Somebody need to decide that the devil has had his last heyday in their life. I'm not going to tolerate what the devil sends to me. I'm not going to settle for these people that pretend to be my friends all the while they are messengers for the enemy. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not giving you permission to speak into my life. I'm not giving you a platform to tell me anything. You're not going to come. Listen, we're not going to have tea. We're not going to sit together. We're not going to kick it. We're not going to do none of that. No, we're not. I am going to pray for you, but I am going to mark 
them that labor among me. I'm going to know who's around me. Why? Because I am going to try the spirit by the spirit. Bible says, try the spirits whether they be of God. And it's time somebody who's listening to this message, you need to start paying attention to who you got in your circles and you need to start trying these spirits by the spirit of God. Do they line up to the word of God? And if they don't, you need to kick them to the curb and keep right on moving. Let them go. Yeah, they're going to lie and tell you, you ain't going to never find nobody like them. That's true because you're going to get somebody better. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Those friends, let them go. And that's what we're talking about. I'll make sure you understand that. Uh, you understand that very clear. Those people who are your, that you call your friend in your life, but who ain't nothing more than the devil's ambassador. Dressed up like a friend. It's time for you to walk away from them. Because who you hang around with, who you allow matters. Don't give these people power over you. They say junk, you say how high. Don't give them the satisfaction. The only drum that we march to is the beat of the one that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he ain't like everybody else. He said, lo, I'll be with you always. Even to the end of this age. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Well, brothers and sisters, I think that's all the time that we have for today. I pray that this word has blessed you today and you share it with somebody. Again, be a friend to somebody. Tell somebody you love them and, and really mean it. And do, be, do what you can. Yeah, it might mean you got to go above and beyond, but do what you can. Amen. Amen. Somebody might be out there lonely and dealing with the abandonment and, and, and probably just had to let somebody go and they just need somebody to, to just be there. Be that shoulder. Just like God's that shoulder for you and has been there for you and send somebody for you. Be that for somebody else. God bless you. We will pick this up next week. Until then, have a good Sunday. Wow.